Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Michael Reed Show Podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at lmfm.ie Thursday morning, the 19th of October. Good morning. With much debate and discussion from now till 11 a.m., this is Michael Reed on LMFM. War in the Middle East is dominating the hearts and minds of people all over the world as decades of conflict erupt into a brutal and bloody assault on civilians with no end in sight. We call for three things to happen immediately. An immediate humanitarian ceasefire to be observed by all parties to the conflict. And let me be clear about that. For Hamas to release its hostages and to do so immediately without precondition and to lay down its arms. And for Israel to turn back on the power, the water, and to allow humanitarian corridors to be created to relieve the extraordinary burden on the people of Palestine who are suffering today. The Taoiseach Leo Vradker outlining Ireland's position on this conflict. Dull business yesterday was dominated by the war with a long debate over a motion tabled by the Thonishta Michal Martin. All TDs called for peace and hoped for an immediate ceasefire. Ireland is doing and will do everything possible to contribute to this. I can give this House my personal assurance that I will be working tirelessly to exert every possible influence within the European Union, with regional partners and at the United Nations to bring this about. The Thonisha Micheál Martin. Let's speak now to local Fianna Fáil TD and Minister Thomas Byrne. Good morning, Minister, and thank you for joining us on the programme this morning. As we've been hearing, the US President Joe Biden has announced a deal that will see Egypt open its border with Gaza, the so-called Rafa crossing, to allow for aid to get through. What does this mean for the 40 Irish citizens who are trapped in Gaza? Do you know if they will now be able to leave? Well look there's certainly no prospect that really once once all the border crossings are, are closed the vast majority of those crossings are controlled by Israel the one at Rafah is controlled by Egypt um, and look it's a very difficult situation and I suppose people would like to give the opportunity for Irish citizens to get out and to be fair um, we have people not quite in, in Gaza but in Ramallah um, in, 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 in the West Bank we you know the Irish government has connections uh, around there in terms of the work that we do, and in terms of the, some of the some of those people involved, in fact, uh, are working on the ground uh, for humanitarian purposes. So, I certainly hope so. Uh, the situation is very, very dangerous. It's very dangerous for them, and obviously, our priorities are as citizens. Uh, but I think, as well, I think we have shown in not just the last couple of weeks, uh, but really over the last twenty years, a uh, really deep and, and meaningful commitment to the people of Palestine in terms of you know moral support, but also financial and practical support as well from the Irish government. All right. Uh, So, uh, uh, as yet, the situation for Irish citizens in Gaza is unknown. Well, I I, I certainly don't have the up-to-date briefing on that. I mean, that would be kept within the Department of Foreign Affairs and those matters, and we've had them before in various instances, including when it's Ministry of European Affairs and Afghanistan, for example, 
uh, those matters tend to be very, very difficult. Uh, there tends to be a lot of discussions with, with other governments as well uh, who are in the same position. So all I can say is that those, you know, that activity would be ongoing uh, all through uh, the past couple of weeks. I've no doubt about that by our consular team uh, in Ramallah, in Jerusalem, uh, and in consultation with other governments as well uh, who, who have in, in interests and, and citizens in the region too. All right, tell, tell us a, a little bit about uh, the motion or the debate in uh, the Dáil last night following the motion that was tabled by your party leader, Antonista Michal Martin. There was a, a lot of agreement. Uh, I think there was a consensus uh, that what happened on the 7th of October was an atrocity and a, a terrorist act. Uh, and indeed, uh, there's a lot of concern for the people people who are stuck in Gaza at the moment, but there wasn't uh, a complete consensus, was there? Well, look, I mean, you never get 100% support, but, you know, most of the parties um, supported what Michal Martin set out. Um, Sinn Féin, Labour, lots of the independents uh, ended up voting with the government despite putting forward different amendments that, that didn't succeed. But by and large, I think it's fair to say the position that Michal Martin as Minister of Foreign Affairs and as the government has set out over the last two weeks has been consistent from the start and wasn't, I suppose, immediately latched onto in this country or indeed in the European Union. But the position that he set out, I think, and that is generally set out in the motion, is basically the position that everybody's adopting in relation to the situation now. And I, I think uh, our instincts as a government, which is based on, I suppose, deep experience, Michal Martin himself was in Palestine only last mm. month, uh, meeting people on the ground, and he spoke very movingly of some of them in the doll last night. Um, I think that has stood to us in terms of, you know, I think our good instincts were right. We absolutely have to condemn uh, what happened uh, in Israel on the 7th of October. It was, for, for them, for Jewish people in particular, it was the worst attack uh, since the Holocaust. In terms of magnitude as regards Israel, it was much bigger than 9-11 in population terms was to the United States, and that's not to minimize 9-11. Yeah. But it was, well, it was I think Joe Biden said it was 15 times uh, the scale of 9-11 in America yeah. because of uh, the difference in the populations in the two countries. Yeah, and we, and we, all, and we all acknowledge that from, from day one, that Israel was, was attacked very viciously, Israel was suffering very viciously, Israel had the right to defend itself. Um, we were very clear about that, but we also were clear from day one um, that that defence had to be proportionate and in line with humanitarian, international humanitarian law, uh, and that we must protect civilians. And that has been our team all along. And not everybody, I think, in, in, in fairness, it's a very difficult situation for, for, for various people. It's one of these issues that people tend to take sides on. Uh, but I think if mm. you fundamentally take the side of the people, on, every, on, on all sides of that divide, but also of the basic principles of international law. I think that guides you in all these situations, and I think that's what uh, Thomas and Michael Martin and the Irish government have consistently done, and I was very delighted to see, um, well, I won't say delighted, because it's probably the wrong word, mm-hmm. but I mean, I was, you know, I think it was right, the right thing to do to give 13 million euro extra mm-hmm. uh, to the Palestinian people. Um, it's not something we 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 delight in, yeah. but it's something that we want. Well, well we want uh, practical help given, especially after the debacle at a, a European level. Um, the and, and I think it's fair to say, like that, you know, and that was that's that's absolutely the case. And yeah. that, that point is taken. The European Union and the countries of the European Union have been very consistent in giving financial support. Uh, to the people of Palestine. Mm. and Well, Ursula von der Leyen was unapologetic yesterday, uh, I think, and came under some criticism for not taking questions uh, about her position uh, and how she gave that unequivocal support to Israel. 
Yeah, look, I mean, this is this, 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 there's different reasons for that, but I think it's fair to say that in, in terms of what the European Union is now saying through the the council, the European Council, which is the, mm. the prime ministers coming together, in terms of what President Biden is saying, what the British are saying, it's very much what we're saying uh, for the last two weeks. And I'm not saying that they took the lead from us, but I think that everybody eventually uh, came to the conclusion that the right thing to do is to stand by all of the civilians uh, everywhere, mm. uh, Israeli. Um, and Palestinian, but also what are the basic principles of international humanitarian law? What are the basic principles of international law? And if we stand by them, I think you always get the right answer in these situations. Mm. Um, And I think people people have asked for Ireland to be a voice for peace and a voice for uh, reason here. And I have to say, I think we have been over the last Mm. two weeks. I I know, but there's been a lot of criticism of uh, the EU uh, Commission President uh, over what she said. And I think a lot of people think she said what she said because she's German and because of German guilt uh, following uh, the Second World War and uh, how Jewish people were treated uh, and doesn't want to be seen to be saying anything else but I think the point is being uh, well made and many times over that she wasn't speaking for the people of Ireland. Uh, indeed uh, I think the President no, said that very clearly. Understanding for, I mean, first of all I would say in terms of Israel, I mean this was the worst attack on Jewish people since the Holocaust. Mm. Uh, the Holocaust quite frankly is fresh in people's minds. Mm. I mean, it, it essentially ended the year my own father was born. Um, so it's not that far away. Mm. And, you know, we, we remember things much further back in history. This is very recent history. It's very raw history still, mm. particularly for Jewish people, of course, but also for people in Germany and Central Europe as mm. well, uh, whose parents, grandfathers, yep. grandmothers, all of that were voting for the Nazis, I suppose. So so, 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 so there is that. Mm. Um, but I but, think it, but it's, it's very important if the president speaks on behalf of the people of Europe uh, that she is articulating how we feel. And I don't think that's well, the case. Well, I'm sure you wouldn't say, argue with that. I mean, it's, it's fair to say, I think it's been, it's been absolutely made clear that, you know, we've had these mm. issues in various European referendums, who speaks for Europe, but it's, the pre- it's Jean-Michel, who's the president of the European Council, uh, that speaks for the... the the countries of the European Union, the nations of the European Union, and okay. matter of foreign policy. But whether it's the Second think, World War or this war or any war, I suppose history has taught us uh, that with war you always get propaganda. And you warned your colleagues oh in the doll last night uh, to be careful and not to rush to judgment on things. I take it uh, you were referring uh, to the explosion or the bombing at the hospital in Gaza. Well, not just that, but, the, but yeah, that was certainly in my mind, but not just that. I mean, information and misinformation is just being thrown at us all of the time, particularly in social media. Um, and sometimes we as politicians would be maybe feel under pressure ourselves to react to it or constituents uh, email us and say, you need to mention this exact thing and who did that. Um, or indeed media pressure, maybe media asks you questions mm. and y- you feel obliged you know, to give an answer one way or the other. I think, I think, it's, a, I think it's a virtue um, to pay close attention to all of this, um, but to let those who are in a position to make factual judgments make factual judgments, because this will always be disputed. And you know, there's there's a, there's a war going on where people are getting killed, but there's mm. an information war as part of that. Okay, but uh, can I can I ask you why you didn't support the Sinn Fein amendment to condemn the bombing at the hospital? The the motion uh, I don't have the motion just in front mm. of me, but the motion did mention the 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 bombing at the hospital. As I understand it, I don't have it right in front of me. Uh, there was a, there was a list of Sinn Fein amendments, and I think it's fair to say um, at the end that they weren't they weren't approved by the Dáil for, for okay. various reasons. Uh, another, Maybe, I don't know whether there three or four of them. Well, another one was and, to condemn Israel's brutal assault on the people of Gaza. I, I think the motion, if you look at it, is an absolutely comprehensive. Um, 
setting out of the position, setting out what is our position, and it's a motion that Sinn Féin felt able to support uh, at the end of the day, and Sinn Féin supported that motion, the Labour Party supported that motion, Mm. Um, and I think that that stands to the fact that the motion actually um, was extremely well drafted and set out the actions that we have taken uh, over the last um, the last number of weeks, actually the last the last number of decades that the Irish government has taken in relation to Israel and Palestine. Okay, but propaganda or otherwise, do you believe that uh, the Irish Parliament ha- has voted to state that Israel is guilty of war crimes? No, and just to be absolutely clear, I mean, it's line two of the motion I now have it in front of me is that we utterly condemn the hospital bombing that occurred last evening. Evening. That's that's point two of the motion. Um, so there was there was a Sinn Féin, I remember a Sinn Féin amendment adding some mm. language to that. But that couldn't be clearer. Mm. Um, and I think that the motion itself, the fact that it was able to get support, I mean, it shows that people who, and, and there were some of the dogs giving out of it, the usual stuff of Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael. Mm. But when it comes to it, when Ireland needs to stand tall on the international stage, when mm. Ireland needs to make its voice heard, time and time again, if you look at foreign policy, which is the key marker of whether you should be in government or not, whether you're able to be in government or not, what we have said and done has basically been adopted almost all the opposition, Mm. not quite. Um, And I think that that stands to just a a general balance in how we conduct world affairs. Uh, And we did that in terms of the motion last night. And Mm. I think that the motion is very, very clear, uh, very categoric, and in terms of Israeli mentioned as well, um, very clear that whatever they do must be in line with international law. And, and cut, cut, cutting off water, fuel, food and medical supplies from a civilian population is not in line with international law, is it? Well, we've we said that. Um, mm. We've said that. Um, Michael Martin has been very, very clear on that. There's, 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 no, there's no two ways about that. And in fact, there has been some diplomatic moves to make sure the water is kept on. I'm not quite up to date with them this morning, but I know that President Biden, for example, was in Israel, and that seems to have been one of the points that he was making and seems to have been successful. But look, I'll wait to hear uh, more this morning about what exactly is happening there. Um, But we have said that absolutely very, very clearly. And there can be no doubt about where we stand or where international humanitarian law stands, which is Mm. you should not do this. There's a, a question over Irish neutrality, uh, and uh, the report following those forums uh, questioning as to whether, as it's structured at the moment, it is necessary. Uh, it, 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 does that seem odd to you at the moment, Minister, given the fact that uh, there could... Sorry, does po- that seem odd? That, that, that there's a question over Irish neutrality at the moment. Uh, does that seem no. odd to you, given there's that... There's a question over it. No, I, I don't see any question over it, no. Okay, but do you think that there's in a... Fact, in fact, we'd be... I think what we're doing here in terms of the path that we've charted in relation to Israel uh, Palestine is a classic example of what a neutral state should be doing, which is actually pushing for peace, which is pushing for human rights, mm-hmm. which is recognizing that there should be two countries there, Israel and Palestine. That's absolutely clear. The Palestinians have a right to their homeland, but so does Israel, so do Jewish people too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's something that we've been very, very clear about. And not everybody has been clear. And this is one of the problems in this whole debate. Not everybody has been clear but Israel, those people mm. who chant from the river to the sea, I mean, that essentially includes all of Israel. Mm. If to say from the river to the sea, should be Palestine, would be free, etc., etc. What does that mean? Does it mean that Israel has a right to exist? I think that's a question that people should be asked to say that. Is it realistic um, to think that as a, a neutral state that Ireland could broker some sort of peace talks that could lead to a ceasefire, if not peace negotiations? 
Um, that's certainly possible. I mean, when you look at, um, say, the, for example, the Finnish president, um, former president Marty Atasari, who, who died during the week, was very involved in the peace talks here in terms of disarmament and has a huge connection with peace all around the world. Bertie Hearn's doing the same at the moment. It is possible for small countries to get involved. But I think what's really important at the moment is the example we're showing, what we're saying, and I think the very fact that we're, what, we're, what we've been saying since this happened, what Michael Martin, what the Taoiseach, what I said, in fact, I was on TV the day after, that, that position is basically the position of the international community, of, of, of the Western democratic world at least. Right. Um, I think that that is, that, that people ask us, oh, be a strong voice for peace, be a strong voice for Palestine. For, for Israel. I think we've done that and we continue to do it. Uh, we put our money also where our mouth is in terms of support for the people of Palestine as well to get real practical aid into them. We've almost doubled our support for them uh, and the decision that the Tonishta made yesterday. Um, so I think there is a role for neutral states and what we're doing at the moment is exactly what a neutral state should be doing and I'm, I'm very proud of that. Okay, Minister, we'll leave it there for the moment. Thank you very much indeed uh, for taking the time to speak to us today. Minister Thomas Byrne, Finnefall TD for me these. Now, if you'd like to make a comment on our programme today, as always, we'd love to hear from you. Our telephone number is 0419832000. That's 0419832000. Text or WhatsApp us if you want to send a message to us. Our number is 0861800658. Or you can email michael at lmfm.ie. Michael Reed on LMFM. Well, Ursula von der Leyen told uh, the Israelis uh, they have uh, the unequivocal support of Europe and all Europeans, uh, but that turned out not to be the case, or to paraphrase uh, the President, Michael D. Higgins, who did she think she was speaking on behalf of uh, the Irish people when that is not how the Irish people felt at all, and many have made the point that she was not speaking on behalf of uh, the Irish people, but one thing is certain, it seems, at this stage, and that is is uh, that Israel has the unequivocal support of the United States. Twice yesterday, Joe Biden, the president, said, Israel, you are not alone. Let's speak to Paul Allen, who ran the Irish for Biden campaign. Good morning, Paul, and thank you indeed for joining us on the programme this morning. Why is it, do you think, that the president has taken such a strong position supporting Israel in this conflict? Well, good morning, Mike, and good morning to the listener. It's another sad day. It's lunchtime in Israel, and it's another really very, very sad day. And I must say the thoughts and prayers are with the families and the loved ones who are caught up in all of this. Um, to answer your question, in relation to America, uh, there was a poll last Friday where 77% of Republicans, 69 Democrats, and 54% of independents back the U.S. government uh, to support Israel. Uh, essentially, it's two out of three are supporting the U.S. government. Publicly, uh, America is backing Israel uh, and all the parties are right behind Biden. Biden's visit was tactical. It was humanitarian. It was diplomatic. And obviously, military support was there as well. It was a good day. And obviously, in the coming days, other news elements of the visit will unfold. Uh, we witnessed and heard on the international news that a, a corridor now has been created for critical aid to come in to Gaza. A pretty sad day in Gaza today, again, I imagine. Uh, Thus far, 3,000 lives have been lost uh, and about half of them are are children. Uh, It does seem odd that America would side against civilians. Well, yesterday in Ramallah, there was thousands of people in the West Bank uh, looking to overthrow the 
Palestinian President Mumluk Abbas to have him removed, um, and that was clashing with Palestinian forces. Uh, in Palestine, there's been no election. Well, an election took place 17 years ago in the West Bank, and Hamas certainly has seized control in relation to that area. But no matter what program you watch, and no matter what channel, like young people, elderly people, it, it, it's absolutely horrific. And just listening to Thomas Byrne a moment ago, the minister talking about the the uh, the missile that went off at the hospital, like that tragic, tragic scenes to mm. see that. Um, and as the news unfolds, well, time will only tell. But um, looking at the Washington Post overnight, a uh, source in the Pentagon said Israel was not responsible for the Gaza hospital blast. But as you know, the first casualty in war is truth. Uh, but only time will tell. But Biden's visit yesterday was was an excellent visit. His language, his uh, language in uh, discussing that bomb was very questionable, wasn't it? Uh, saying uh, it looks like it was the other guy. Well, we're living in a land of lies and, and loathing uh, yeah. over there, uh, and um, we in Ireland have no can, cannot fathom what's going on. And mm. as somebody who's been involved in the Northern Peace Process in the last twenty five years. Um, when when anger turns to rage and you have that red mist coming across your eyes and you want revenge, you're going to get that person back. Like Things need to calm. And the UK Prime Minister, he's pledged £10 million. Uh, mm. Micheál Martin has pledged £13 million to uh, Palestine. Mm. Um, and and 100 mi- you know, £100 million American dollars uh, for humanitarian aid, uh, which uh, cannot be downplayed and is very important. Uh, but uh, you would have to ask, what's the point in providing aid to people if you're going to assist in slaughtering them? Well, I think next week is going to be very, very tough uh, for everybody in terms of world news. Um, and, and if I may just say, in terms of the American side, uh, and one man's voice is not being heard in all of this, um, is Trump. Uh, he misjudged the whole thing, and it's a stark contrast to President Biden. In 2021, uh, 2021 Netanyahu was the first to come out, or among the first to congratulate Biden. Uh, when he won the election. Meanwhile, Trump was still collecting and counting the votes. Uh, And four Trump uh, supporters have have come out, some senior aides have come out to support Joe Biden in relation to this. Um, And I'm just going very softly in terms of choosing my words because it's it's a very, very sad day. But let's not remember in America the amount of people are are backing Biden in relation to this support. There's an election Mm. coming down the pipe. Uh, Trump had a bad day. That's it, though. You, you know. cannot be an American president without the Jewish vote. That's what's Correct. at play here, isn't it? Correct. And uh, many a time in, in New York City, I was entertained and met my pals in the Democratic Party, and I met uh, some Hebrew supporters, some Palestinian supporters, but essentially it is the, it's the Jewish vote uh, across America that's incredibly strong. Mm. Um, and and like if you go back to Trump again, his nasty remarks about Netanyahu not being prepared for the attacks, he tried a great open day for, for his opponents to have a pop at him. But also, uh, Trump is turning his back on Israel uh, during these darkest times. Um, and it's geopolitical. Let's mm. not remember, let's not forget, in fact, um, it's a good day for Putin because uh, the Ukraine, the poor people of the Ukraine are off the front page. Um, and I speak as a communications advisor and a media watcher, but Putin is doing well. He's, he, the, the story's off the front page. He can do more nasty and nasty things to those poor people. 
you know. So mm. it's just it's another shocking yeah, day. And, 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 and uh, is Biden part of the nastiness? Uh, I mean, we know that he was part of uh, the nastiness in Afghanistan and pulled the American troops out uh, uh, following on from uh, Trump's uh, initial order. But he was the person who executed that and left them to the fate of the Taliban. This time around, uh, he's siding with Israel, making it very clear you are not alone. And it is very clear that Israel is not uh, alone with American support with two aircraft carriers uh, in the region. One of them includes a nuclear reactor. It can hold 75 aircraft, including uh, F-18 Super Hornet jets and the E-2 Hawkeye, which might mean something to somebody uh, who knows more about weapons of war than I do, but I imagine they're just weapons of mass destruction. Uh, Along with that, there's 4,000 sailors and Marines, 12 warships, aircraft, carrier, escort ships. Uh, He promised to send munitions. Uh, And yesterday, then, he spoke uh, of additional support, uh, an unprecedented support package for Israel's defence. Yes, and I think, Mike, you need to also say in the same breath, the 199 kidnapped victims, men, women and children uh, kidnapped by Hamas, uh, they, as part of the release program, should have been, uh, that obviously should have been discussed yesterday in Mm -hmm. the context of the private discussions that were going, and Blinken had seven hours of discussions in relation to that. Um, All those ships you're referring to, there's a number of transport machines that are there to bring people safely back uh, to, to the bosom of their family and, and out of this horrific scene. Absolutely, but, they know, should have been discussed and probably would have been discussed at that summit uh, with Jordan, yes. Egypt and the Palestinian leaders, but that summit was cancelled because of uh, the explosion at the hotel, which the president has come to a conclusion on. He's made a determination that it wasn't Israel. Uh, I, I imagine he's uh, crossing his fingers and hoping he's right. Well, I, I think on that, uh, Mike, I just may say that people, uh, the families is, is, is heartbreaking. They had a media briefing yesterday from a morgue. It was, it was just, again, it was heart-wrenching and thoughts and prayers with the people involved. But the intelligence sources in the UK and in the US uh, are, are saying, I can only go what the Washington Post was saying, quoting a Pentagon official saying that the intelligence was saying that Israel was not responsible for the Gaza blast. But people have died. People have lost loved ones. It's another shocking and very dark day in geopolitics. It really is. And there's no argument with that, Paul. Uh, And I think there's no argument uh, for the most part. People want this to stop. Uh, Should the president not have called for an immediate ceasefire? Um, You mean the president of... Of the United States, Joe Biden. Well, I I think that's obviously what he's going to do tonight. He's going to give an address uh, in the Oval Office. Um, Everybody will be hanging on to every word he says. Um, at the end of the day, this must stop. Um, a peace arrangement needs to come. Uh, again, as I saw in Northern Ireland, the various stages uh, from the Unionists and the Republicans and people fighting with each other. Um, some of the people are, are you, you know, are there with the meaning of trying to sort this out. But you know, the rage matter needs to calm down. Anger can be used to, to bring people together. Um, in fact, I was trying to write a blog there the other day in relation to the impact of what's going on. Uh, but, you know, time, time hopefully it will be a healer. But this incandescent rage and uncontrolled anger uh, needs to stop. Um, and there's, you know, 
it's 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 another dark day, as I say. Do you think uh, that uh, American intervention, not just the visit of uh, Joe Biden yesterday, but uh, that of Anthony Blinken over the course of uh, the last week or so, has paused the land assault, uh, this land war uh, that we've been expecting with uh, Israeli troops uh, anticipated to cross into Gaza? Yes, I do, Mike. And I would also say uh, Rishi Sunak has just touched down in the last hour uh, into uh, into the Middle East uh, and is going off visiting people. He's probably doing what uh, Joe Biden couldn't do yesterday because of the impact of that horrific blast on the hospital. Um, but like our, our, our thoughts and prayers that somebody will see sense and bring this together. But uh, I think the worst is yet to come. Unfortunately, that appears to be the truth. Uh, It's a a moment uh, for democracy and uh, pragmatism uh, and uh, hopefully uh, people's uh, focus can be on peace and to stop uh, the killing. Paul, we leave it there. As you say, uh, there'll be a lot of attention on Joe Biden's speech uh, tonight uh, and indeed what happens in uh, the coming days and hopefully aid will get through into Gaza for that matter. Thank you very much indeed for joining us on the programme today. That's Paul Allen who ran the Irish for Biden campaign. Michael Reed on LMFM. Waiting times to get a, a driving test in some parts of uh, the country are beyond ridiculous. And yesterday, the government was asked to do something uh, about it through a motion that was tabled by the Rural Independent Group. There was some anger expressed, uh, as we'll hear from this contribution now from Independent TD, Matty McGrath. In rural land, you can manage without a care. And I wonder, as Deputy Hilly Ray alluded to, is there a sneaking, um, a, a veiled attempt by Minister Ryan to stop people getting on the road? Because we know he wants to get cars off the road. He wants them back on the bikes, or the penny fadden bikes, or walk, or crawl, or push the wheelbarrow, or whatever. He wants them back in the dark ends with the third base and window boxes. Perished in our homes. Is he anything to hear? And where he was called out by the TI recently about accidents and deaths that they proposed would go on the road, would happen in the roads if he didn't allow the road projects to go ahead. He's not to answer for this man. Enough not to answer for that. He that when the TI could come out and make that statement. Has he here another uh, underlying underbelly here that he doesn't want uh, people to get on the road? I think he may have, but if he has, that must be outed. And it was about you and Cabinet. So I'm asking Minister Chambers to be in, uh, a visionary, to be, uh, ha- have a, a bit of uh, courage. I almost said another word to go or something. But anyway, have courage and take on this and bring it to Cabinet and get this happen. Because it's persecution of our young people. Then there are employers like ourselves here, and the three of us here, Stephanie, can I speak for that, I'm sure, others as well. We, can, we have people who want to come work for us, but they can't because they have no full license. We can't allow them on the road without that. So it's affecting industry. People can't travel to college. People want to do the, their apprenticeships in Tullis and the wonderful new centre in Altertown in Tullis. Another centre opened last week. A wonderful hub for apprenticeships. People can't drive down less than the full license. Minister Ross said his wisdom brought out all the impediments that young drivers happen to have at all times, a, a full driver with them. Because he could hop on the bus out and back to, to his plush house out, out the road and, and leave his suburbs of, of Wicklow. But I'm just saying, they persecute and they don't think what they're doing. So the RSA are a fundamental failure here. Germany apparently have, have the same number of deaths as we have and on their roads. And they don't allow uh, a full licence after you're getting it to drive on the autobahns without doing a photo test and doing some lessons again for those motorways. Seems like that we should be looking at here. Not looking at the stupid, simple things that we, we are looking at, but this government has la- lost the will to live as far as I'm concerned. If you take the HSE, if you take the whole situation with housing, if you take the many, many other areas, but this is a simple area here, and we're talking about road safety, and you 
no more incidents, Lord Safety, as other deputies have said. When I was in the county council in 1990, I would done a motion that they would make an inventory of all the drains and inlets and culverts. And Deputy Murphy spoke about this, the men in the 150. And it was all made that time in the 150. I don't care if it's a man or woman now in the 150 or nifty 50, get out with the shovel because you can't do it with machines and open all those inlets. We can't drive the roads. Water on roads is one of the most dangerous things of all time. The best of cars will be upturned uh, with, 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 with water draining uh, and water. And they're not. And then the roads can't be maintained because frost comes in and destroys the road surface. So simple basic maintenance is not being done. And the whole baloney that we can't cut the hedges, it's criminal. Road safety and uh, sorry, road safety and personal people's safety, life-saving safety must be more important than the flora and fauna. As Deputy Murphy said, the chair, the birds have plenty of room inside in the fields and we all want to support them as well. They want to deal with the deer population who are causing mayhem on roads in temporary. So there are many areas they want to do, but to return to the licence here, you have failed the people. Independent TD, Matty McGrath complaining about the long waiting times to get a, a driving test and as you heard, quite a, a number of other complaints as well. Good to hear him support the birds and uh, remind us of uh, the nifty Honda 50. Now I want to bring you uh, an email from Jerry Floyd uh, about uh, the conflict in uh, the Middle East. He says over the past few days there's been reports of Hamas rockets fired at targets in Israel, misfiring and landing in Gaza. As a no news media source denied contradicted this fact. According to the IDF, this was what happened with the hospital going on the evidence of past misfires, I believe, and stand with the IDF with regard to allowing Palestinians cross borders. Egypt doesn't want them as they support anti-government groups in Egypt. Jordan doesn't want them because the last time they helped them try to overthrow the Jordanian government and king and started a short war between between Jordan and Syria, Hamas or ISIS under another name. First, they came for the Jews, says Jerry Floyd. Thank you indeed uh, for sharing your thoughts with us for that matter. Jerry, your email address is michael at lmfm.ie. Michael Reed on LMFM. Now, let me bring you some of uh, the calls and uh, texts and comments that have been coming to us generally this morning. Tom WhatsApping us. Thanks, as always, Tom, for your message. He says, what is wrong in the world when politicians just can't say the words? Israel, you are wrong. World War II is over and life has moved on. Now it's time for the world to tell Israel to stop. And he says the USA is backing Israel because there is an election next year. Thank you indeed, Tom, for that. Uh, we'd uh, another uh, text uh, then from uh, Bridget who says, what kind of person could deprive innocent civilians, men, women and children of essential resources like water, electricity and vital fuel required for hospitals to function all the while raining down bombs on a, a population unable to escape. Finding the right words to express the horror is a challenge. It's inhumane, barbaric, animalistic and pure evil. The actions by Israel against the Palestinians in Gaza seem beyond description approaching the realm of genocide. The world should stand united in condemning the brutality of the Israeli government and call for respect 
of human life and international law. Unfortunately, this unity is lacking and the result may be a transition from tears of fear in Gaza to rivers of blood. May God help these people in this dire situation. Thank you, Bridget. Our phone number is 041 983 Our text number, our WhatsApp number is 086 658 and you can email Michael at lmfm.ie. Now, as we mentioned earlier on, there was a very long debate in the Dáil last night on the situation in the Middle East and we'll hear this contribution now from Social Democrat Gary Gannon. Tarnishdin, in your recent visit to the Middle East, you have a representative of this state and indeed the leader of your own party were rightly held to account for the fact that 78 years ago Eamon de Valera took the decision to send his condolences to Germany upon the death of Hitler. Hitler history has proven that to be an unconscionable act and it is appropriate that the relatives of his victims choose to hold the Irish state to account for all of it these years later. It should equally serve as a harbinger for the condemnation to befall future generations of Irish people if we don't continue to use every single platform available to condemn these atrocities, to scream for a ceasefire and use our courage to go beyond ourselves in believing that we can be a lighthouse for peace in a world that is becoming increasingly more dark. President Michael D. Higgins embodied perfectly the courage required in his intervention on behalf of the Irish people on Monday evening. Our President's intervention was motivated by the fact that on Friday, President of the European Commission and Ursula von der Leyen had a valuable opportunity to make a positive intervention in this unfolding humanitarian catastrophe. However, instead of reminding Israel that it must adhere to international law as in response to Hamas's barbaric attack, she offered the EU's unqualified support to Israel. Given that Israel had been engaged in an indiscriminate bombing of Gaza and had demanded that one million citizens relocate to the south of the region prior to Ms. von der Leyen's visit, this amounted to unqualified support for war crimes and a form of ethnic cleansing. Her failure to unequivocally condemn the collective punishment of the Palestinian people through mass displacement and the indiscriminate bombing of civilian infrastructure has undermined the EU's response to this crisis. Our President's intervention, it was timely and it was just. It reminded me that Commissioner, it reminded the Commissioner as she waded uncompassionately into this horror, she had not been speaking on behalf of the Irish people. Kian, let me place on record that I am proud to have a President who at a time when we are witnessing such barbarism gave no succour to other people's expectations of his office or convention and spoke loudly for what was just and right. Yeah, that's uh, Gary Gannon of uh, the Social Democrat uh, who has uh, been praising Michael D. Higgins, our president, amongst other things in uh, that contribution there. Now, uh, as I was finishing up the programme yesterday, I mentioned that a number of uh, comments uh, had come in, but we hadn't had the time to read them and that we would get the, them today. So let me do that now. Eamon and Dunlear was in touch and he said, all this talk about Gaza, the government would want to get moving rapidly, Addressing the mess that our own country is in. Ireland is shambles and heading straight to the gutter. Uh, thanks, Michael, says Eamon in Dunlear. Uh, I must say, I was very taken aback by Eamon's comment and I read it myself yesterday, uh, just as we were finishing up. I uh, didn't have time to read it on the radio and I was thinking about it last night. I was thinking, does he really mean that? Ireland is a shambles. I'd have to argue that point very strongly, or as strongly as I possibly could, Eamon. I, I, I think complete 
the opposite. I think Ireland is a fantastic country. Really, I mean, of course it has its problems and we talk about the problems every day in the room, but it really is a, a fantastic country. Uh, it's certainly not a, a shambles. Uh, if it was a shambles, I don't think I'd be here, I'd be gone. I, I mean, that's what I did. It was a shambles in the 80s and I moved away. Uh, this is just my opinion, uh, by, but I, I think it's a wonderful country. I, I don't know uh, what you listening at home think, uh, but... Uh, uh, I'm not for a second downplaying the problems in the country, uh, but when you look at some of Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The problems in the world, I think we have an awful lot to be thankful for. And I think that probably is why we're talking about Gaza and uh, the eruption of violence in the Middle East. You might want to respond to Eamon or might not. Uh, our phone number is 0419832000. Text or WhatsApp 0861800658. Email michael at lmfm.ie. There was another comment that came in yesterday that really struck me as well. And I didn't get to read it on the radio, but I did read it and I was thinking about it again last night. It came in uh, from somebody uh, on foot of the interview that we did with the CSO. If you were listening yesterday, you'd have heard the fascinating statistics about the difference in this country now and 50 years ago. Uh, And I think in many ways uh, that difference relates to what I was saying a a second ago uh, about the 80s, certainly in the 70s. The country was a shambles before we joined the EEC or the EU now and all the money that came with it uh, that really changed our fortunes in this country. We went from a very impoverished country to a very wealthy country. Uh, But 1973 was different for many, many reasons. And there was a comment that came from somebody and I'm just not sure I understand understood it and I thought I'd read it out in um, that sense uh, because I'd like to understand what it means uh, because it could mean a number of things. Uh, It said, Hi Michael, I won't forget 1973. It was the year that I lost my identity. I got married. And I I worried about it. I thought, uh, is that, uh, you know, somebody who's having problems in their marriage or is it somebody that is just making the point that in 1973 you had to take your husband's name or what was it? I I don't know, but... uh uh, I hope it was the latter and uh, I hope uh, that it's a happy marriage. Uh, Mag Y was in touch saying, Michael, Hamas and Iran are very horrific people. The people of Gaza are constantly under the cosh because of these very bad people. Hamas could save thousands of Palestinian lives by releasing all of the hostages immediately and giving government back to the Palestinian good people. People in Ireland should rethink Sinn Féin's intentions and aspirations if elected. Thank you, Mag Y, uh, as well. We'll come back to some more of those comments in a moment, but we'll go back to the doll and hear from Sinn Féin, in fact, a, a local Sinn Féin TD, about the situation in the Middle East. Here's Rory O'Murku. 
Taoiseach, the Palestinian people have long suffered under an illegal occupation, apartheid, annexation and Israeli onslaught. They've been provided with no real hope for the future. Uh, and, in and Israel's security-only policy hasn't provided security for anybody. Um, at this point in time, Gaza, long an open prison, is suffering carpet bombing, forced displacement, and there is not enough water, energy, or fuel, all being cut off um, by Israel. Uh, we are shocked, and uh, we were all shocked and appalled in relation to the actions of Hamas, but the problem is what we have is collective punishment being provided to the Palestinians on the basis of anger and possibly worse. At an international level, the only cause can be for ceasefire now and for the necessary opening in relation to those necessary resources to save Palestinian lives. What interactions at an international level has the Irish government had in relation to Thank delivering this? What will they have? And up. particularly in relation Thank to Europe. Union and the disgraceful green lighting that has Time been provided for Israeli actions by Time Ursula von der Leyen. That is Rory Murku of Sinn Féin in Louth. Uh, somebody else in touch with us yesterday about uh, the bombing of the hospital or the explosion at the hospital. Uh, there's claim and counterclaim. Uh, as we know, uh, there's widespread condemnation across uh, the Middle East uh, because it's been claimed uh, that it was an Israeli bomb. Uh, Israel is saying, no, it wasn't. It uh, was an Islamic Jihad missile that fell short. Uh, somebody in touch with us uh, saying that they were watching ITV and reported there saying uh, that they'd seen the results of Hamas rockets landing in Israel and they're not capable of doing the damage that was done to the hospital. It's a, a war crime, plain and simple. Thank you uh, indeed uh, for that. A lot of theories going uh, around uh, about it uh, and I think most people would say it's a war crime regardless of who was responsible. But uh, one of uh, the theories going around is that it was a much smaller missile that uh, exploded close to the hospital, started a fire which... Uh, then led uh, to an explosion uh, that led to the whole hospital going up uh, in flames the way that we've seen it. Tom in touch saying Israel had a good teacher in Hitler uh, and he says they're no better. Very strong comments there, uh, which I'm sure will not be appreciated by many, many good Israelis. Uh, thank you, Tom, uh, uh, for that. Uh, and let's not lose sight of the fact that there's good and bad people in every country. Deirdre in touch with us saying dreadful actor. Uh, whoever bombed the hospital in Gaza uh, should be held responsible for a, a war crime. Never heard uh, the like of it in my life. And she says, Ireland is a great country. I'm proud to be Irish. Uh, and uh, I'm known as the ambassador for Kells. I think that's true. Uh, Deirdre, thank you. Indeed, Margaret said, Michael, uh, one knows, by the way, Hamas slaughtered all those people in Israel, uh, that they are ISIS, beheading babies, mowing down unarmed international youths, elderly in their beds and taking civilians as hostages. They are ISIS, Margaret Y repeats in her message. Um, somebody else in touch with us about uh, whether Ireland's a good country or, or not, uh, mentioning uh, the cervical check scandal 
and the amount of people, droves of young people leaving the country because there is no housing. Uh, it is not a great country in the uh, view of our listener. Thank you indeed uh, for your text. 0419832000. Our phone number text or WhatsApp 0861800658. Email michael at lmfm.ie. Uh, I was uh, reading an email from a, a listener um, yesterday who told me that I should be doing um, what other radio programmes do and say what's coming up later in the programme. Uh, in a moment, we'll be speaking to Neil Richmond, the Minister uh, for Enterprise, uh, Minister of State, uh, about uh, the supports there are for businesses in the budget. So I said I would try to do it, so I hope <laughs> we try to take all views on board. Uh, but before we do that, uh, we're going to go back to the doll and hear more thoughts on the Middle East, this time from Chris Andrews. Taoiseach, um, I have heard you condemn uh, the killing spree uh, carried out by Hamas uh, in Israel, and rightly so. Uh, and I've also heard you condemn um, the nightmare being visited on the people of Palestine and Gaza uh, by Israel, uh, and rightly so. Um, and I'm very proud that Ireland, as a country, we have the conviction to call out war crimes um, and the war crimes being committed by Israel by other nations declare their support support for these actions. But the question I get asked most often by people is what can we do as a country to stop this murder, this slaughter of innocent civilians, of innocent children? Ireland has a very influential voice on the world stage. Taoiseach, you have a very influential voice on the world stage. We need to use that voice. Let's reach out to our neighbours in the UK and ask them to stop sending weapons to Israel to support these war crimes. Let's reach out to our close friends in the US and ask them to question their actions and their stance. The only way we're going to stop murdering of innocent civilians is by peace. Thank you, Deputy. Let's use our voice to find that pathway to peace, Taoiseach. All right, that's uh, Sinn Féin's Chris Andrews. Uh, we'll be speaking to Minister Richmond after the break. Michael, Michael Reed on LMFM. Now, there were quite a, a number of uh, measures announced in the budget uh, that will impact on business. Uh, the Minister with Special Responsibility for Employment Affairs and Retail Business, as well as uh, the Department of Social Protection, Neil Richmond, joins us now to talk uh, about some of uh, the changes. And a very good morning to you, Minister, uh, and thanks indeed uh, for joining us on uh, the programme uh, this morning. The criticism uh, I think that I've heard in relation uh, to the budget from business groups, in particular small business groups, is that there was a, a lot of money, but it was very thinly spread. Well, I think we took the decision, Michael, that we're recognising that there's a lot of challenges businesses are facing. The economy is doing well and businesses are doing well, but between increased employment costs and energy bills, that we needed to put something back. So we made the decision to put a 250 million euro into a scheme whereby all rate paying business who pay under 20,000 euro of rates will see up to 50% of their rates paid back uh, in the first quarter of this year. This is a cash injection, Michael. This isn't insignificant money. This mm. will go to 87% uh, of the businesses in the country, particularly those uh, small and medium enterprises that have struggled over the last couple of couple of months and have been in touch with our department. We took a range of other measures. Mm. But, but just on that program. measure, but just on that measure, that's uh, 130,000 businesses uh, that will benefit from that 250 million euro, uh, and on average they'll receive close to 2,000 euro, 1,923 euro per business on average, as I say. But they say that that still leaves them out of pocket when you take into account the increase in the minimum wage that they'll be forced to pay. In fact, they'll be down 1,300 euro. Well, let's 
the increase in minimum wage is something that has been long flagged and was actually backed, to be honest, by the vast majority of employers group. They realised that we're moving towards the living wage, which everyone agrees, by 2026. And this was long flagged. The one thing that we said as a government is the last thing that businesses need is surprises. So yes, we flagged an increase in the minimum wage. There'll be more increases until we get to the living wage in 2026. Equally, we'll move from statutory sick pay uh, from three days a, a year to five days on the 1st of January. Pension auto enrolment is underway. These mm. are all things that will make this country a better place to be a worker. But do you understand so the point, Minister? You gave it with one hand, but you took it back and a, a little bit more, for that matter, with the other hand. No, what we made it quite clear is these things were all flagged in a long time and businesses said, we're going to have to pay more minimum wage, we're going to have to pay more sick pay, what are you going to do? And he said, well, we'll do a one-off cash injection in the first quarter year uh, aimed particularly at SMEs to tide them over. We also have taken a range of other decisions, both in terms of taxation as well as funding um, 9 million extra euro for the local enterprise offices to support businesses that employ um, either between 10 and 50 million people. We've also increased the amount of funding available for those who want, or the, the increased rate of capital gains tax, you know, the, the, the threshold before you paid VAT. So it's not just one measure, but this one measure is something that we said, well, we, we acknowledge there's rising costs. You, you factored that in, but we're in addition uh, to meeting those costs, we're going to be able to put in a singular cash payment in the first quarter year using the the commercial rate system. There's not going to be any form filling and there's not going to be any admin required of these 87% of businesses. This is something that they're just going to see come into their account, which is different mm. than the criticism, say, of the TBES scheme, and which a lot of money was put towards there, but an awful lot wasn't drawn down. Mm. This will see twice as much money allocated than what was drawn down in TBES. This is an opportunity to just put a little bit of an injection back into businesses, acknowledging the very uh, the wide range of rising costs. But given that costs will rise all the more following on from the budget, do you believe that it's enough? I do believe it's enough because we've taken much wider measures to put money back into the pockets of people as individuals. So your average business person will also see in their personal life 150 euro energy credits. Um, they'll see the, the double child benefit payment if they happen to have children. And we'll see more money in the economy aware that people's spending power and purchasing power has gone back up in the last month. And what we've always said as a government, as a party in government since we came in in 2011, that we want to support the continued growth of the economy and supporting business. That's why we've created 740,000 jobs since 2011 and why we saw more businesses created uh, last year than we did ever before. Mm. And a lot of those business, uh, a lot of those jobs in big business, uh, in uh, some of the big multinational corporations, it was a good budget uh, for them, wasn't it, um, uh, with uh, the changes uh, to the uh, R&D credit? Yeah, this is, this is a key part of Ireland's international offering. We, we fight with countries across the world to bring top-level international investment in Ireland. We have to offer something. Being able to increase the R&D tax credit will create more jobs across Ireland. But let's be clear, Michael, the vast majority of jobs created last year were in SMEs. And 80% of jobs created last year were outside Dublin. 75% of the people that came back into the workforce uh, are women. So this isn't just about the big, large multinationals, although they play a massive role, and we're very happy to have them. Mm. But that increase in the R&D tax credit uh, will effectively put more money into 
the profits uh, of huge multinationals uh, that up to now have been very little, uh, it would seem, in terms of corporation tax. Actually, no, and we've seen record levels of corporation tax taken in over the last three years. But instead, what we've equally seen from the multinational corporations, Michael, is huge investment into their facilities, uh, huge investment and recruitment of additional staff paying high high salary jobs. We look at Eli Lilly, we look at mm. Intel, we look at huge job announcements in the last 12 months, but not just job announcements, but expansion and upgrading of services, using that money to reinvest their R&D facilities, to reinvest their production facilities, to employ more Irish people, to, uh, to also provide more business for more Irish SMEs that service those multinationals as well. Okay, but the butcher, baker, candlestick maker pays 12.5% on its profits where uh, the bigger companies are are paying uh, an effective rate of about 10, 11% and quite often it's much no, lower that's, than that, 6% that's, that's and that's below that as we've heard with the apples yeah. of this world over yeah, the years. But Michael, I think over the years, let's be accurate, as of the changes, a company that has a turnover of over 750 million euro will pay a 15% corporation yeah. tax. All other companies under that will still pay 12.5%. Those sort of you know, the, the, the conspiracy theories and whatever else put about effective six or seven and all that, mm. that doesn't exist. We have multinational companies, and we can see it, we can see it in the returns, mm. the billions of euro that has been paid by corporation tax that will allow us uh, invest further in housing, that will allow us invest further in public transport, mm. has come from that regard. It's not one or the other. Yep. The multinationals that are here that employ people, that equally spend money in our shops, that spend money in all our businesses, and the multinational companies themselves all service those SMEs. So it's a win-win the way we support them. Yeah, and I understand the legislation uh, which will implement uh, the Pillar 2 OECD agreement uh, will be published today. It'll impact on 1,600 multinationals who will now be liable to pay this new rate uh, of 15%. Uh, the money won't start coming through till 2026, will it, Minister? Um, and do we know uh, how much it will result in or is there any indication of, of how it will increase uh, what's in the exchequer? There's early estimates, but we have to balance out that there's potential for increase, but we are seeing a global economic um, slowdown. We're seeing a recession hit certain countries on the continent, lower spending power. So it's not just a, a base sum. Um, work is ongoing on that. There is a potential that, yes, this will bring in more tax revenues to the country, um, but we have to make sure that we spend that time equally attracting more investment and encouraging investment to stay in Ireland and expand within our multinational sector. Okay, um, you wanted to mention uh, the new measures, a lot of one-off measures uh, that uh, will be made available to people in the coming weeks. Yeah, as of the 20th of November, we'll see that week we'll see 400 euro working family paid to 46,000 families and the 300 euro fuel allowance lump sum paid to 409,000 households as well as a 400 euro disability support grant. These are part of three phases of one-off payments this side of Christmas. Any other changes to social welfare such as the increase of the 12 euro weekly payment to carers and, and people on disability will go up in January, November 27th. We'll see a 400 euro uh, care support grant paid and a 200 euro lump sum uh, to those who live alone and then again on the 4th of December there'll be a double Christmas payment to, payment to all welfare 
recipient as well as a double child benefit uh, to the 650,000 uh, families who receive that payment. Okay, um, what concern or what level of concern is there, if any, uh, about uh, the conflict in the Middle East in terms of energy costs? It's a, it's a massive concern, first and foremost, on a human, humanitarian level, Michael. I think that's where we start. Um, the attack last week was vicious, it was savage, uh, but equally the response has led to a huge amount of suffering. Um, energy concerns, we do watch that carefully. We would have seen energy wholesale prices consistently fall over the last six months. We expect people, when they're getting their bills in the month of November, to see them lower. But, of course, the, world, the global energy market is always volatile, our reliance on gas from Europe probably had a bigger impact than our reliance on oil from the Gulf region. Mm. So it's one to watch out on. Um, but obviously, as soon as we can get a return to, I won't even say normality because nothing's mm. been normal in the Middle East for decades, but an element of, um, of, of calm in the region, that's better for us economically. But first and foremost, we need to see an end uh, to the suffering and the yeah, killing. Because this really uh, could make uh, the increase in energy costs as a result of the conflict in Ukraine pale in comparison. We were all talking about 1973 yesterday because of uh, the data from the CSO and uh, people will have heard uh, if they needed to be reminded that is of uh, the Israeli-Arab conflict then and how there were queues at petrol stations if there was petrol available at all at the time. Uh, This could really uh, have a a huge impact on on costs. If that turns out to be the case, uh, will this 400 150 euro with one-off measures be revisited, Minister? Well, I think, Michael, we're, we're, we're going from the status quo to the most extreme example in one big leap there, and that's going down a hypothetical route. We have seen tensions over the last two decades flare up periodically in this region. We've seen um, responses in terms of energy prices, but nothing that can compare to the Israeli-Arab war, which was a far larger, all-encompassing conflict than a lot of the countries that would have been party to that um, you know, have far more cordial relations uh, with Israel and indeed will have to be part of any sort of settlement or sort of humanitarian corridor in the coming days and weeks. So I don't think we'll get uh, to that level. But obviously the government is always alive um, to major international shocks. We reacted quickly to the COVID-19 pan- pandemic. We reacted quickly to the war in Ukraine. And indeed, just a couple of weeks ago, we announced a further €3 million, three million Euro in uh, the Ukraine credit support scheme for businesses who've seen their business impacted by the war in Ukraine and they'll be able to get low-cost finance largely from credit unions. So it's something we're always alive to, but I think it's very important when talking about um, hostilities currently in the Middle East um, to speak, obviously, with, with respectful language, but to know that we're, we're not in the situation that we once were um, being after the six-day six war or the Yankee war. Okay, Minister, thank you indeed for joining us this morning. Uh, That's uh, the Minister of State at the Department of Enterprise with Special Responsibility for Employment Affairs and Retail and uh, the Department of Social Protection, Neil Richmond. Michael Reed on LMFM. Now we'll go back to the doll as you've been hearing. There was a big debate on uh, the Middle East uh, yesterday evening uh, and we'll hear some of uh, the opening comments before that debate. This is uh, the Ciam Corla, Sean O'Freil. It's just a few words, if I might please be indulged before we start into this really important uh, debate. Uh, I have to acknowledge that it is useful that the House is having uh, the debate Uh, I think the level of interest nationally and internationally in this uh, issue is without precedent. And it brings home to me just how small the global community 
now is. Uh, I have never received as many communications in respect of anything. Indeed, everybody is very concerned and has a lot to say about this. Uh, we'll hear again from the doll, but earlier in the day, and an interesting suggestion for the Taoiseach. Let's hear why Richard Boyd Barrett suggested to Leo Vratker that he Google Joe Biden. Taoiseach, you can Google the video on this. Uh, a number of years ago, Joseph Biden said, if Israel did not exist the United States would have to invent it. Mm, we did Google it. We're also going to discuss the ironclad commitment, and this is, I'll say this 5,000 times in my career, the ironclad commitment the United States has to Israel based on our principles, our ideas, our values. They're the same values. And uh, I, uh, I've often said, Mr. President, if there, uh, were, if there were not in Israel, we'd have to invent one. Right, well, that's exactly what he said. If we uh, didn't have Israel, we'd have to invent one. Richard Boyd Barrett uh, expanded on those comments then. And he went on to say, uh, to explain what he meant by that, by saying the United States would have to station tens of thousands of US troops in the Middle East. Now, why did he say that? Uh, But it does give you a little glimpse into why he's gone to Israel today to offer unconditional uncritical support to a regime that in the last few days has publicly declared and then carried out an intent to ethnically cleanse one million Palestinians and to impose brutal, savage, murderous collective punishment on the entire population of Gaza. He said it because it's in the United States' strategic interests, as he sees it, to give Israel impunity. As you know, the Israeli president, Benjamin Netanyahu, welcomed the American president, Joe Biden, to Tel Aviv. Mr. President, for the people of Israel, there's only one thing better than having a true friend like you standing with Israel, and that is having you standing in Israel. Your visit here is the first visit of an American president in Israel at a time of war. It is deeply deeply moving. It speaks to the depth of your personal commitment to Israel. It speaks to the depth of your personal commitment to the future of the Jewish people and the one and only Jewish state. So I know I speak for all the people of Israel when I say thank you, Mr. President. Thank you for standing with Israel today, tomorrow, and always. Mr. Prime Minister, thank you very much. Look, folks, uh, I wanted to be here today uh, for a simple reason. I wanted the people of Israel, the people of the world, to know where the United States stands. I've had my great Secretary of State here. He's been here for a lot. But I wanted to personally come and make that clear. Terrorist group Hamas has slaughtered, as has been pointed out, over 1,300 people. And is not hyperbole. It's just slaughtered slaughtered, and uh, including 31 Americans as part of that. And uh, they've taken scores of people hostage, including children. You said, imagine what those children hiding from Hamas were thinking. It's beyond my comprehension to be able to imagine what they're thinking. Beyond my comprehension. They're committed 
evils that uh, and atrocities that uh, make ISIS look uh, somewhat more rational. You know, uh, Americans are greedy with you. They really are. And Americans are worried. Americans are worried because we know there's a, this is not an easy field to navigate, what you have to do. But uh, the fact is that Israel, as they respond to these attacks, it seems to me that uh, have to continue to ensure that you have what you need to defend yourselves. And uh, we're going to make sure that occurs, as you know. And we have to also bear in mind that Hamas does not represent all the Palestinian people. And uh, it has brought them only suffering. You know, uh, years ago, I asked the Secretary of State when he and I were working in the Senate to write something for him, and he said, uh, he wrote a line that uh, I think is appropriate. He said, uh, it's not, we lead, uh, not just, uh, well, I won't go into it, I'll wait later, I'm taking too much time, but the point is this, that uh, um, I was deeply saddened and outraged by the uh, explosion at the hospital in Gaza yesterday. And based on what I've seen, it appears as though it was done by the other team, not not you. But there's a lot of people out there who are not sure. So we've got, a lot, we've got to overcome a lot of things. And it also means encouraging life-saving uh, capacity to help the Palestinians who are innocent caught in the middle of this. And, uh, well, at any rate, that's... That's who we are. Not just me, but I mean, that's who the United States is. And uh, um, it's just not the example of our power. It's the power of our example. It's almost as important. The world's looking. We, uh, Israel has a value set like the United States does in other democracies. And, uh, and they're looking to see what we're going to do. So... Uh, Mr. Prime Minister, I'm very happy to be back in Israel with you. Thank you for having me, and uh, I'm looking forward to having a thorough discussion about where everybody goes from here. But thank you. And uh, I want to say to the people of Israel, their courage, their commitment, their bravery is, uh, is stunning. It's really stunning. I'm proud to be here. The American President Joe Biden will come back home now where the doll heard this call to expel the Israeli ambassador. Tishak, do you not think it's strange that a state which organises a bloody occupation, which cuts off water to millions of people, which cuts off food supplies to millions of people, which cuts off fuel and electricity supplies to millions of people, which organises collective punishment of an entire people including bombing, hospitals, plural, schools and civilian infrastructure, which plans an invasion which can only result in Palestinian deaths far greater than we've even witnessed in the last 10 days. Do you not think it's strange that such a state is afforded the privilege by your government of having an embassy in this republic? Do you not think that it is way gone the time to expel the Israeli ambassador 
from this country. Meanwhile, the President, Michael D. Higgins, says the attack on the hospital in Gaza must be investigated as a war crime. President Higgins is in Rome, where today he meets Pope Francis. I have, this will be, I think, my fourth meeting with Pope Francis on Thursday when I meet him. I've already congratulated him uh, on uh, his most recent statement, Laudate Deum. And the message, I hope, was not lost on the leaders of the world, where, if you like, eight years on from Laudato Sea, all of the commitments having been made to make our world one in which people could have the dignity, security, being free from from hunger and, in fact, be able to look at each other and treat each other with a mutual respect for dignity. He is, in fact, actually reprimanding the world for bad faith. And I think in May it is fascinating to see the close connection between what he is saying in, and what in the Secretary-General of the United Nations is saying. The Pope reprimanding the world for bad faith. Israel remains adamant, however, it did not bomb the hospital in Gaza. We have intelligence, some that will, some that will be shared here, of communication between terrorists talking about rockets misfiring the terrorists realize that the rocket has misfired and made specific reference to the Al Hali Al Madani hospital. This is Daniel Hagari, the head of uh, the Israeli Defense Forces. The IDF chief was speaking at a, a press conference where he interpreted a message he says was intercepted by the army. I'm telling you, this is the first time that we see missile like this falling, and so that's why we are saying it belongs to the Palestinian Islamic Jihad. What? They are saying it belongs to the PGI. It's from us? It looks like it. Who says this? They are saying the, the sharpnel from the missile is local sharpnel, and not like Israeli sharpnel. What are you saying, Abu Amar? But God bless, it couldn't have been found another place, not the hospital, to explode? Never mind, yes, Abu Aji. They shot it from the cemetery behind the hospital. What? They shot it coming from the cemetery behind the Mahadani hospital, and it misfired and fell on them. There's a cemetery behind it? Yes, El Mahadani is exactly in the compound. Where is it when the in, when when you enter the compound? You first enter the compound and don't go towards the city. It's on the right side of El Maadani Hospital. Yes, I know it. That's that uh, translation of a message the Israeli army says it intercepted. And the IDF says that it was a missile that was launched by Islamic Jihad that fell short and then hit the hospital. We have cross-checked, intercepted, with other intelligence sources to confirm this accuracy. It is common for rockets that are fired to Israel to land short and fall inside Gaza. These rockets fall short of Israel and have caused Palestinian casualties. During this war, we have counted approximately 450 rockets that misfired and fell inside Gaza. Palestinian civilians pay the price. Over in Strasbourg, the EU Commission President Ursula von der Leyen has been defending her unqualified support 
for Israel. Israel has the right to self-defense in line with international law. Hamas are terrorists, and the Palestinian people are also suffering from that terror, and we have to support them. And there is no contradiction in standing in solidarity with Israel and acting on the humanitarian needs of the Palestinian people. The EU Commission President speaking in Strasbourg yesterday, Ursula von der Leyen, was criticised by a number of MEPs for leaving the Parliament without taking questions after she made her statement. Babies slaughtered, entire families massacred, rape, beheadings, bodies burned alive. Hamas committed atrocities that recall the worst ravages of ISIS unleashing pure, unadulterated evil upon the world. There's no rationalizing it, no excusing it, period. The brutality we saw would have cut deep anywhere in the world, but it cuts deeper here in Israel. October 7th, which was sacred to a sacred Jewish holiday, became the deadliest day for the Jewish people since the Holocaust. It has brought to the surface painful memories and scars left by millennia of anti-Semitism and the genocide of the Jewish people. The world watched then, it knew, and the world did nothing. We will not stand by and do nothing again. Not today, not tomorrow, not ever. In Tel Aviv, Joe Biden talking about the October 7th attack by Hamas on Israel. And as you've been hearing, the American president pledged Israel the support of American armed forces. And he used his speech to send a word of warning to Iran. 75 years ago, just 11 minutes after its founding, President Harry S. Truman and the United States of America became the first nation to recognize Israel. We've stood by your side ever since. We're going to stand by your side now. My administration was in close touch with your leadership from the first moments of this attack. We're going to make sure we have what you have what you need to protect your people, to defend your nation. For decades, we've ensured Israel's qualitative military edge. And later this week, I'm going to ask the United States Congress for unprecedented support package for Israel's defense. We're going to keep Iron Dome fully supplied so we can continue standing sentinel over Israeli skies, saving Israeli lives. We've moved U.S. military assets to the region, including positioning the USS Ford Carrier Strike Group in the eastern Mediterranean, with the USS Eisenhower on the way to deter, to defer further aggression against Israel and to prevent this conflict from spreading. The world will know that Israel is, Israel is stronger than ever. And my message to any state or any other hostile actor, thinking about attacking Israel remains the same as it was a week ago. Don't. 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 That's the President of uh, the United States, Joe Biden. Michael Reed on LMFM. Uh, just a, uh, an email uh, from Martin Mallon who says, you missed the clip of Biden saying if Israel didn't exist, America would have to invent it in order to protect US interests in the Middle East. Well, I think you missed it, <laughs> Martin. Sorry. Uh, we heard Richard Boyd Barrett uh, tell the Taoiseach to Google that. We Googled it and we played it on the programme uh, this morning. Sorry if you did miss it. Uh, an, a text uh, from uh, a listener uh, in response to Minister Neil Richmond and the supports for a small 
small business uh, saying uh, they're also increasing PRSI, uh, their revenue in uh, addition to the minimum wage. He's not answering the questions that you're asking, putting another bill on small business and the VAT remaining at 13.5%. So this rates grant is uh, uh, look here whilst we do this over there. It's terrible. Yes, what percentage of those avail of the back to work uh, employment uh, scheme and then thank business after that's up? It's all false numbers and they're back in the dole. Uh, false CT is the profits were all inflated uh, with the EWSS and the TBESS and other taxable grants. Uh, thanks to our listener uh, for that detailed response. Another text uh, from Sean who says Biden went to Israel for one reason only. Don't forget he has an election next year and he needs every single Jewish vote to beat Trump. There are no Palestinian votes to be had. What a hypocrite, says Sean. Thank you. That has to be the final word on our programme today because our time has run out on this once again. Thanks too to Maggie McGuire who researched today and Chris Murray was in the control tower. I'm Michael. God willing, we'll see you for our next programme tomorrow morning at 9am right here on LMFM. Good morning. Bye-bye. The Michael Reed Show podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at lmfm.ie. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.